and welcome to my chamber. My name is Rotherick Gastblood, and I'm your host of Tales from the Dark Chamber. This week, we have a great show for you. Tales to make your skin crawl. Each week, my chambermate and I read a scary tale that we found on the internet, or perhaps left under some corpse. Either way, we think you're going to like it, and we're just dying for you to hear it. So sit right back, light a candle, and let's have a ghoul evening. <laughs> a Woody, come here. Eh? Come here, please. Yeah, what's up, Rothrick? Look, over there. Where? Over there. Across the street. It's a black van, you ninny. Are you expecting someone? Uh, no, why? Seems like they've been parked there now for over five hours. Just sitting in the van. No one has left it. Oh, yeah. I guess that is strange. Oh, well. Wait a minute. Someone's getting out now. Hmm. I'll go get it. Hey, yeah. Can I help you? Yes. Is there a... A Woody that lives here? Why, yeah, that's me. Well, Mr. Woody, uh, may we come in? Oh, certainly. What can I do for you? Mr. Woody, we have some important business to discuss with you. May we proceed? Sure. Mr. Woody, it's come to our attention that you may be looking for other employment. Is that right? Well, yes and no. I mean, yeah, I'm always looking, but no, it's not like I need a job. Well, yes, Mr. Woody, do, Woody, we would like to offer you a job. We'll pay you a large sum of money to work for us. Really? Like doing what? Hey, is it government work? You know, like seeking out space aliens among us? Or perhaps researching strange and unusual phenomena? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Or, or is it investigating missing or famous people? Or is it... No, Mr. Woody, <laughs> nothing like that. It is government work, but it's... I know. It's uncovering the deep state's darkest secrets, right? Um, Mr. Woody, no. We think you would be a great addition to the cafeteria staff at City Hall. You'd have to start out in the dishwashing area, but after a few years, who knows? You might make table staff. Oh, brother. Um, I think I'll pass. Thank you for stopping by. Uh, take care now. Cheap bastard. Woody, what was that all about? Oh, some jerks from City Hall wanted to offer me some cheap job as a dishwasher at the cafeteria. Too bad. I think you could have picked up a new skill. What with your current lack of washing up habits and all? Always the funny man, eh, Rothrick? I do dishes, on occasion. But that does remind me of tonight's story. 
We're reading I Kill Monsters by It Stared Back. A young man gets recruited by a secret agency to hunt down and kill strange beings. We hope this is the first part of a great series. Enjoy. I Kill Monsters by It Stared Back. I believe in monsters. I didn't before the summer of 2016, but now I do. I just don't believe in monsters. I have seen them. I have touched them. I've killed some, and I was hired to do so. I won't sugarcoat my job. It's not fun or thrilling in any sense. It's never boring, I guess, but it eventually takes its toll on your mind, body, and soul. I remember the first assignment. It was the summer of 2016. That was the summer where I dropped out of college to work at my father's farm. I was inside the house feeding the dog when they came. My father was at the grocery store four miles out, so I had the house to myself. They came in a shiny black van and pulled into the gravel driveway. The door opened and three men stepped out, wearing black and white suits that just screamed government. Or at least, that's what I thought they were at the time. I'm not so sure now. One was white with no hair. One was African American. The other was also a bald dude. I almost laughed at how it seemed like something out of a cheesy movie. I was half expecting them to tell me that a UFO had crashed in my yard or something like that. Instead, they offered me a job. Do you want a higher paying job? One of the bald white guys asked. Just like that. No context. Just, do you want a higher paying job? <laughs> I was still in my pajamas and all I could do was stand there and stare, confused. The man repeated the question with a bit of annoyance. What kind of job? I asked. I should have said no. I should have told the guy I wasn't interested. But the thing was... I was interested. It's not often something like this happened to guys like me. Nobodies. College dropouts. I had no special skills. I wouldn't say I'm a good person or a bad one. I was a nobody. Maybe that was why they asked me. I was, am, expendable. The man said I would track down fugitives and be given the training to do so. I would be paid a generous amount. I couldn't refuse the offer. Who would? Especially if they're a nobody like me. It made me feel important, special. Our desire to have a purpose in life, to feel special, would be our downfall. I would swear my life on it, although that doesn't really have much value anyway. I said yes. And here I am. I even got my own house with the money. I had to sign a paper I barely read, and it probably wouldn't have made much sense. Later, I realized I was signing my life over to them. They now own me. My body... My life? It didn't matter to me. I couldn't get my head around the money I would be getting, and I couldn't get my head around the fact that I wasn't going to have a boring life after all. <laughs> that was one thing I wasn't wrong about. I was then put through training, hand-to-hand -hand combat, long-ranged weapons, short-ranged weapons, basic survival skills. You would think that I would be about to be dropped into a war zone with all the stuff they were teaching me. But I didn't question it, and now I realize why I was taught the things I did. Anyway, that isn't the important part of my story. I just wanted you to know a little about me. My first assignment was Sebastian Algarez. All they said was that he had escaped. They didn't say from where, and I learned not to ask questions. Three weeks ago, an intel has him spotted currently located hiding in a small fishing town off the coast of Oregon. They gave me the address. I had one question that I figured was safe to ask. How do I bring him back? The man gave me a look and 
said the words that stopped me cold. You don't. See, I had it in my head that I would be bringing a fugitive back to their prison or whatever. I mean, yeah, I figured I was going to have to defend myself, but I never thought I was going to have to kill someone out of self-defense. I guess I should have known from the rifle training that I was given, and I knew I couldn't walk out. In the back of my head, I had a feeling that if I refused to kill this man, then that would be the last time I would refuse anything at all, if you catch my drift. I could do nothing except get in my car. My hands were shaking as I turned on the car. I was not okay with killing someone. I didn't know if I could kill him. I spent the rest of the drive thinking about this. I knew that I had to if I wanted to live. Besides, the man was a criminal. He was probably a serial killer or something. Or something. There was one more thing that bothered me. The man who briefed me told me to aim for the head. I don't know why that bothered me more than the fact that I had to kill him. A few hours later, I pulled into Depot Bay, Oregon. I parked my car at a hotel. I didn't need to track him. I already knew where he was. I just needed to kill him without anyone finding out. I didn't have a time limit, which was helpful, and it took all week just to get the nerve to kill him. I first had to find him. Once I did that, I tried to learn his daily routine. Sebastian had a thin frame and long black hair that went down past his shoulders. He had pale skin, really pale skin, and looked like there was something wrong about him. Most people on the streets tended to avoid him, suddenly deciding that perhaps the other side of the sidewalk had better scenery whenever they saw him. The fact that this guy looked like a murderer made me feel slightly better knowing that I had to kill him, but not much. Sebastian went to work as a janitor of the town's only office building at 9 p.m., he was home from work around midnight. It was easy to break into his house. I picked the lock on the front door and made sure to lock it behind it, careful not to disturb any objects in the house. I made my way to the spare bedroom and hid in the closet. The only weapon I had was a silenced SIG P226 and a combat knife that was holstered on the belt around my waist. They also gave me a few more knickknacks, like a device to call for backup and a flashbang. I felt a little overarmed, but carried it with me anyway. I waited until midnight, almost dying of boredom and fear, when I heard his front door unlock. I heard him walk downstairs. For some reason, I felt like he was aware of my presence and, and would burst into the spare bedroom at any second with a knife and cut me into little pieces. I had to remind myself that I was the one with a gun. I heard commotion in the kitchen. I was tense. I didn't want to be here any longer than I had to. Finally, I heard him make his way upstairs. The footsteps paused outside the spare room for a moment. I was convinced he knew I was here. I knew. I swear he knew. I almost wet myself. It's like the role of hunter and prey had been switched on me, and I knew it. The footsteps carried on, and I heard him do his nighttime ritual, then go to bed. I waited until I heard his heavy breathing from the adjacent room. I screwed the silencer onto my pistol and, and I quietly opened the door and crept out of the room. His bedroom was cracked open. I slowly and quietly opened it. The room was dark and I could make out something under the covers. I crept towards the shape where the heavy breathing came from. I could make out Sebastian's face looking at me. I froze. Then I realized his eyes were closed. I relaxed and raised the pistol to his head. I don't know why I didn't immediately pull the trigger. I let it hover there for a good ten seconds. 
Was I really going to kill another human being in the sleep? I hesitated. That was my mistake. Faster than I could react, Sebastian's eyes opened. Were they completely black or was it just my brain? And he threw the blankets he had on top of him over me. I squeezed the trigger, then threw the blanket off of me. I probably should have done that in reverse, but I was panicking. Once I got the cover off me, I realized that he wasn't on the bed or in the room. He had escaped. I cursed. The higher-ups are going to be furious. I turned around to leave the room and felt something wet dripping from the ceiling onto my neck. I looked up and let out a shout of what I saw. There, on the ceiling, was Sebastian, his hands and feet on the ceiling as he hung from it in a crab walk position. It seemed so inhuman. I freaked and took a step back. He wasn't looking at me, just hanging from the ceiling, staring at the wall. Then, his head did a 360, looking right at me. I let out a scream and ran out of the room, running as fast as I ever had, and I heard him drop onto the floor behind me. What was that thing? What have I gotten myself into? I ran out of the room and shut the door behind me without looking back. I ran into the hallway and heard something slam into the door, then a thud as something hit the ground of the hallway. Once I reached at the end of the hall, I flicked on the lights and turned around. The door was knocked off its hinges and, Se no, not Sebastian. That thing was standing at the end of the hallway, twitching. The thing's long, black hair covered its face. I raised my gun and sent three bullets into his chest. Its blood left splatters as the bullets exited out of its back. The blood was black in color. It took a step back from the shots and then he... No, it started to laugh. It was more of a cackle, and it raised its head, letting the hair uncover its face. Whatever that thing was, it was smiling at me. Its skin was pure white in the light. Liquid poured from the holes in its chest, like black, like liquid night, and it just laughed. It pointed a finger at me, which now looked more like a claw to me. Or was it just my imagination? It's not the thing's voice sounded like multiple children were speaking at once. The sound tore at my sanity. To this day, thinking of its voice sends chills down my spine. It was almost too innocent, like it was unaware of the abomination it was. I sent two more bullets into it. One hit where I thought its heart should be, and the other hit its arm. It just took a few more steps back, with only a look you'll get when you get stung by a wasp, not having two pieces of metal pierce its body. Not lead bullets, in case you were wondering. Those don't work. The bullets for the gun I was given were silver-coated and blessed, whatever that means. I got that bit of information later on it. The creature laughed again, then started to sprint towards me, still laughing. I somehow remember the advice I was given by the man who briefed me. Just aim for its head. I fired the whole clip at its head and missed every single one. Before you judge me, I was never a good shot. And have you ever tried shooting at a malevolent entity as it rushed towards you? That's what I thought. So shut the hell up. The creature slammed me into the wall, the frail thing showing more strength than I thought it was capable of. The gun flew out of my hand, not that it mattered since it was out of bullets. Then it grabbed me by the neck and threw me down the stairs. I was airborne for two seconds, although it felt like forever. I landed on my arm and I heard the snap before I felt it. Then excruciating pain shot up my arm. I screamed once more, this time in pain. 
I saw the bone sticking out of my arm and almost passed out from the pain. I cradled it with my right hand as I scooted myself back into the living room. The creature jumped down from the whole set of stairs and landed quietly on its feet. It turned towards me. I let out a whimper as it took a step towards me. I started to scoot more frantically, not caring where I was going, as long as I was away from it. It then did something impossible. It jumped onto the ceiling and stuck, defying gravity like I saw back in the bedroom. It began to crawl towards me in a crab walk with surprising speed. I scooted much faster, but within seconds, it was crawling over me. It slowed its pace and looked down at me with those, God, those pure black eyes. I swear, when I saw him in public, he didn't have any of those features. It was moving the same pace as my scooting, all the while smiling at me the whole time. His smile was too wide. Black liquid leaked from its smiling mouth and dripped onto me. Then, in one swift motion, it turned its body so the chest and head facing towards me while its hands and feet stayed on the ceiling. It reached a hand down with incredible speed and picked me up by the shirt. I hung there, face to face with the horror that will forever haunt me. What are you? I whimpered. The thing smiled even more, which I didn't think was possible. It brought me closer so that its mouth was right by my ear. I could smell its breath, full of rot and decay. It whispered three horrible words, pausing between each in a wheezy breath. Those words haunted me to this day. I thought it was going to take a chunk out of my throat or face, but that's not what it had planned. Instead, black tentacles resembling those of an octopus's came out of his mouth, three to be exact. Each suction cup was lined with teeth. The thing was making gagging and choking sounds as the tentacles came out of its mouth and attached themselves around the back of my head. I felt little tiny pinches as the small teeth sunk into it. This is it, I thought. Day one of the job and I was already a dead man. Then I remembered I had a combat knife on my belt. I felt around my belt for the knife. I grasped the handle. I had only seconds before the thing pulled me towards its mouth. I took the knife and jammed it into the side of its head with all my strength. Black liquid spurted out of the room and the thing dropped me. I landed on my arm and blacked out from the pain. When I came to, I was lying on my back. It was quiet, besides the hum of the refrigerator. Too quiet. I turned my head to the side and looked into the now normal eyes of the creature. Sebastian's eyes. I let out a shout and scooted away from it, from its lifeless corpse. It laid in a puddle of the black stuff, which was all over me. I sat there for a bit, collecting my thoughts. This would be my chance to run and never look back. Maybe the government or company or, or whatever they were would let me go. I laughed out loud. <laughs> I'm not that stupid. I wouldn't make it far with my broken arm. With my one free hand, I pulled the device from my pocket that I had a button for one purpose. To call the backup. I should have pressed the button when I was thrown down the stairs, but but my head was too muddled with the horrors I saw. I had to wait for what felt like an hour. I thought I was going to eventually bleed out, but eventually men in unmarked bulletproof vests and assault rifles poured into the house. I was put into a gurney and carried into the hospital. As I was being carried out, I saw men in white hazmat suits make their way into the house, probably to dispose of the body. Everything went into a blur. I couldn't unsee what I saw. I was not surprised, though. I knew there was more to the job than just killing a fugitive. 
I had a feeling since those men pulled into my driveway. I knew. Yet I pushed that feeling into the back of my head. I was startled from my thoughts when a man opened the door to the room I was staying in. It was the African-American guy that was there when I was offered the job. Would it be racist to call him <laughs> Mr. Black in honor of that cartoon I used to watch as a child? <laughs> Perhaps. Let me know in the comments. I mean, I would never say that to his face, of course, but rather for the storytelling purposes. Anyway, I digress. He walked in. What was that thing? I croaked as he sat in the chair beside my hospital bed. My arm was in a cast, and I was hooked up to multiple machines monitoring my heart rate and something else. The man looked as if he'd had this conversation before. A fugitive, he said simply. That is not a fucking fugitive, I shouted. The man's demeanor changed. He leaned forward, and I saw the anger in his eyes. I knew I'd just made a mistake. I waited for him to pull out a gun and pop me for that outburst, but it never happened. But I swear that he was going to do, just from the look in his eyes. That was a fugitive, and that's what they will remain to you. I came here to let you know that once your arm heals, we have a new assignment. This one is a little more challenging. Don't ever raise your voice to me, and don't ever, ever question me again. Got it? I could only nod. He got up and began to leave the room. Before he left, I asked him one more question. Something I had to know. Something that was eating me up from inside. I don't have a choice, do I? The man gave me a sad look that answered my question. No, I didn't. That's my story. I'll be sure to tell you about it if you want. I don't know if you'll believe me or care. Leave it in the comments, I guess. My next briefing is tomorrow. I don't know what horrors I have to hunt next. I don't know if I can survive another. Back in that house, I got lucky. I'm not sure if I'll be so lucky next time. All I know is, what I experienced back at that house wasn't my first time I have ever encountered monsters. Sebastian's actions were entirely in self-defense. I was the intruder. He wasn't causing any harm. There was no reason to kill him. I've seen monsters before that, and now I work for them. I Kill Monsters by It Stared Back Well, folks, that's our story tonight. Rothrick and I hope you enjoyed it. We sure had a great time bringing it to you, and we really appreciate you listening. Tune in next week when we bring you another chilling tale from the dark chamber. And just a note, if you're an aspiring author and want your story read here on Tales from the Dark Chamber, send us a note at talesfromthedarkchamber at gmail.com. If it creeps old Rothrick out enough, we'll air it. Hey, subscribe to our podcast for notification of our next new episode and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And don't forget to like us there too. Also, make sure you tell your friends about us. Spread the word. Now, if you want your story recorded for your own use or just want to have it, check out my website at woodygvoiceover.net. You can order it there. Or you can find me on Upwork at Woody G. And again, thank you for listening tonight.